Welcome to the Unplugged Podcast, where we believe that if you can breathe, you can meditate. All of the answers lie within you, and that you are one meditation away from feeling 10 times better. Today, you'll hear from the best meditation instructors in the world, whose only intention is to help you experience the life-changing benefits of meditation. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Unplugged Meditation Podcast. I am here with Reagan Lawson, and I am so excited to share all of the amazing things about my muse. And I call her my muse because we took a picture of her and her smile was so contagious that I ended up blowing it up and she became my poster at this huge kind of web summit. And yeah, Wisdom 2.0. You were the face of Wisdom 2.0, which is amazing. And I'm very excited. She is a doula. She is a incredible breathwork teacher and meditation teacher. And you can meditate with her on the Unplugged Meditation app and at the Unplugged Meditation Live Studios. Welcome, Reagan. So happy to see you. Happy to see you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You do so many things. And this podcast is really about not only the people who are going to be listening to it, take having something to take away that they can become better for it. But for me to really get a chance to connect with everybody and understand the story behind the healer, so to speak. So yeah, I'd like to hear your whole story. Let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? How did you become a breathwork teacher and a doula? And, you know, how did we meet? I want the whole thing. So I am originally from the Bay Area. I'm from a little town in Northern California called Hercules, which is just right outside of Oakland and San Francisco. And I grew up a Bay Area kid um, in a very diverse environment with a mom who was part a part-time hippie dippy um she took me to the psychic fair once as a really little kid and so i and but went to church on sundays and had very religious grandparents and grew up in a home that had a lot of religion so i feel as though and then i was a child of berkeley which excuse me which is has its own culture and kind of weirdness and greatness as well. And so all of these things kind of nurtured and fed who I am as a person. And as I grew into my own, I was practicing yoga and doing meditation and going on retreats and all of these things that um, a lot of people I was involved in the I was exposed to the woo-woo. And so I'm part woo-woo and part um, corporate office, if you will, and bringing those, all of those things together in a very serendipitous way, uh, led me to a breathwork meditation class, which forever changed my life because I was one of those people who thought that I couldn't meditate unless everything else was working in perfect order. And when I found breathwork, it was one thing that said, to me, we don't care what's going on in your world. We don't care how crazy your life is. Come breathe and then deal with everything else when you walk out the door. And so I was instantly hooked 
and immediately, not immediately, I probably studied for about a year, um, taking class actually with Marlies, who was also an unplug teacher. And one day she told me that I was ready to get trained. And so I trained with David Elliott and it's changed my life. I mean, it, it really has, um, there's a famous meme that says I'm 50% Deepak, but 50% Tupac. And I, that kind of in, in, um, describes how I feel. I'm very of this world, but very out of this world at the same time. And so, um, I trained with David Elliott and from there um, just started holding space. I started holding space for private groups and friends and families and then um, was teaching at a few studios in LA and Unplug of course was the studio, in L is the studio in LA. And we were introduced through Marlies and I became a teacher um, at the Unplug West Hollywood location. And that, I mean, my life with meditation and mindfulness has been one stair step ascension after another. And um, teaching at the Unplug West Hollywood studio allowed me to connect with the meditation community, but also I lived in West Hollywood at the time. And so it also allowed me to connect with my actual neighbors and holding space for them and seeing how that ripple created waves in, in our own bubble um, is the gift that keeps on giving to me. I mean, so many people say that as teachers, we give them so much, but it's, it's, there's a part of it that's also selfish and, and personal. And I get so much from, from as you know, um, <laughs> from holding space for others. And so that's the long and short of, of who I am and, and how I got to be in this moment. I'm a heavy user too. And I love what you just said about being a little bit selfish because I literally started unplugged so that I could do breath work with someone like you and I could meditate with someone like, you know, David G and all these different incredible teachers. So I feel so lucky that I get to do that. But what I would love to know from you is look, breath, if you could describe a little bit what it is about breath work and why people are so addicted to it because it's not like a sit quiet kind of meditation you're cranking music and you're screaming and you're laughing and you're letting it out and people say it makes them feel like they're cracked open so i would like to hear from you how you would describe um breath work to someone who's never done it before and scientifically speaking why it actually works and what it helps with sure um i if you've heard of people who are runners i'm not a runner by any means and they say that they love to run because they get this runner's high and i never knew what that was until i actually did breath work and what breath work is is your breathing in a way that is oxygenating your body and recalibrating your nervous system and cracking you open in a way to where all of this energy that is within you kind of explodes out. I'm gonna age myself again. There used to be this candy called Pops, Pop Rocks, and you put them in your mouth. They're just like little, they look like little pieces of sugar and you put them in your mouth and all of a sudden your mouth is like pop, pop, 
and like cracking and it's like a rainbow inside of your mouth. That is what breath work, if breath work were a candy, it would be Pop Rocks because you're taking something that seems so basic and so simple as the breath. We breathe all day long and to take it and manipulate it in a way that allows you to tap into this energy within that grows into a, a way where you have a physical reaction and response that can release stuck energy, can, can, can help heal trauma, can help you with your intuition, can spur the best ideas that you've ever had in creativity and all from doing something that we do unconsciously every moment of our lives. And um, one of the things that I noticed, the power of breath is that if you've ever had one of those moments where you're just going about your day and then you take a big inhale and you're like, was I holding my breath? I mean, we hold our breath so much. And to be able to follow a rhythmic breath pattern to really oxygenate the body, to encourage you to breathe in a way that you don't normally do, it's like taking a, a car that's puttering out of gas and filling the tank and then sending the car out. And, and oh, it's so, you know, I, I teach it and it's even hard to describe because it's so simple yet it's so complicated in everything. Like the, the result that you get from it is so powerful and so strong and it meets you where you are. As I said in the beginning, when I come, when I would come to class, I would come with all of these things thinking that I had to clear my plate before I could sit and meditate. And breath work is one of those things that's like, bring me your mess, the messier, the better, bring me your mess and we'll sort it out together. And from one breath to the next, you're letting go and letting in at the same time which is what an inhale and an exhale is. You're letting in what you need and you're letting go what no longer is serving your body. And the, the, the physical reminder of that alone is a release to the body. It helps recalibrate the nervous system because you're, you're balancing off your oxygen levels. You're hyperoxygenating the body which then is allowing you to get rid of more toxins and then allowing your body to recalibrate and heal. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I love that. And how did, you know, everybody goes to David Elliott. Now I basically am a feeder for David Elliott. I always say he's the breathwork teacher that teaches my teachers at Unplug and he then will recommend them. And then I end up finding them. He recommends everyone. What is it about him, do you think, <laughs> that makes him so special? Because the truth is, is most of the great teachers, in fact, all of the great teachers that I've ever met in breathwork have all been David Elliott students. You know, training with David was such an interesting experience. I had a friend who, who the first breathwork class that I took with David, a friend of mine said, you know, let's go to this breathwork class. He's the teacher who teaches the teachers, exactly what you said. And we go into a room and we all lie down 
and our eyes are closed and I feel her sit up and I open my eyes and she's leaning over me and she goes, don't be afraid of what you're about to hear. And I was like, what? And I had done breathwork before. And I, she's like, and then she lays back down. And within minutes, people were quacking like chickens and barking like dogs. And it was like being in a night, a zoo at night. And I think the thing about David and David, when you meet him is anything but a zoo at night. I mean, he's very calm and he's, he listens. He listens to what you're saying, not just to what's coming out of your mouth. And I think that going through training with him was a profound experience for me because it's very easy, especially in mindfulness. I mean, in anything, any level of training, there's always a few people in the room who suck up a lot of oxygen. <laughs> and being able to, to navigate that space and to just be steadfast and, and steer the ship is a gift. And David has that gift. And it allowed me to learn in a way where I wasn't getting distracted by all the noise, by a lot of the noise in the room. And, and you know, it's human nature that people come to, a, could come to space with whatever they have with them. And we're expressive people, Gemini, type A, recovered personality included, that to have someone at the head who is, who is steering the ship is the best way that I can describe it in a way that allows everybody to be seen, heard, but not overwhelmed by, by everything else is, I would say that that is one of David's best gifts. And to be a magnetic, a, a person who is magnetic in that he draws very special people to him. And so many of the people, even you know, teachers that I take and that respect and friends that I've met through Breathwork, um, I've met in that room and and I wouldn't I can't say that that I would have that without David like there's there's not there I've taken a lot of classes and a lot of trainings and there are not a lot of people who can create a space where everyone feels like they have a seat at the table and what do you think is the actual technique that he uses so for instance um I like how you said people can walk into a room and they can pretty much either suck the air out of the room or infuse the room with love. Mm -hmm. He's an infuser for sure. But what do you think it is about how to, how he deals with the people that suck the air out of the room? I'd love to kind of hear that because you know, it's really true. It's, it's a great thing that anybody can walk away with and learn from. I think he, he's, he, he will call you out. I mean, David's not afraid in a room of 50 people to say, you know, Reagan, what did what is that? Like, what is that really though? I mean, I hear you're asking, you're asking this, but what are you really saying? And what are you really asking? He's he's very intuitive, puts it mildly. <laughs> and um I think him leaning into that and not being afraid. I don't want to say he's not afraid to hurt someone's feelings, but I think he understands that I'm putting, I don't want to assume what he thinks, but it's almost as if when in taking training with David, 
my ego is immediately called out. And I would imagine that it was probably the same for other people. It's like, if you wanna bring your ego to the party, we're gonna bring your ego to the party and your ego's not gonna like it. <laughs> They're not gonna to wanna to dance here. And, you know, even he, in sitting in circle, we end up in training, most trainings, you end up pairing up. I'm not a fan of group projects. I never have been. And so the pairing up, you always see when we're in circle that people are trying to like count off who they're going to get paired with. And they want to get paired with some people and they don't want to get paired with other people. And David just sits down and people are like, you know, trying to like manipulate where they are in the circle. And I've seen it where everyone is like, okay, okay, now I know I'm gonna get Susie. Okay, great, I'm gonna get Susie, I'm gonna get Susie. And then someone will walk in and David will say, sit there. And it throws the whole, <laughs> throws everybody's attempt at manipulating the, the, the order off. And then he starts immediately and he knows, like he knows what just happens and he doesn't, you know, he's, he's, he's not, mm, He's not one who feeds into your ego. He really does encourage and invite you to show up as your whole authentic self, which I think for my practice was one thing that I took away from that, that if I'm going to do this work, it has to be legit. You know, I have to, I have to be me. I can't, you know, and the, it could be age too. The older I get, the more I'm like, I just it's too hard. It's too hard um, showing up as my representative all <laughs> the time. And I love that. if I can just be myself and know and trust that people who are intended for me will be for me and people who aren't, I can give you a list of people to try who may be for you and good luck on your journey. And I think that David's, David has a large part of that because he shows up as himself, no matter who's in the room. I guess that's the short end of it, is that he shows up as himself, no matter who is in the room. Yeah, well, I feel that you do the exact same thing. You are always you. You've got a glow that is felt. I can even feel it through the screen. <laughs> I'm sure everybody feels it. I just love your energy. You have, and it's nice because not everybody has the kind of energy that you're just like, I just feel good being in your energy. So that's one thing I, I do have to say about you. Um, let's talk about you being a doula because what is a doula? And are you delivering babies? Like <laughs> what does a doula do exactly? I barely delivered my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, I So a doula, <clears throat> the word doula is of Greek origin. It means one who serves. Um, one thing, another thing about me growing up is that I've always been obsessed with babies, childbirth, anything that has to do with either sign me up. I've just been really drawn to it, but not in the type of way where I wanted to be an OB ever. Like I never, I wanted to be a large animal vet for probably two weeks out of my life. Um, but I've always felt called to be in support of birthing people and their families. Just, you know, I, originally I probably thought the babies were cute, but as I've gotten older, it's kind of just, just this magnetic pull to 
meeting people in an environment, helping people go through a process that is very vulnerable, very unknown. Um, we in this country especially have gotten very accustomed to birth being, expecting it to be a certain way. And if you're approaching it from a holistic perspective, it can be anything and no two births are the same. And so I first started doing breath work. I was doing teaching, not teaching yoga. I was practicing yoga. And then I found breath work through yoga. Started teaching breath work and thought there's something else that I'm supposed to be doing. And David Elliott's wife, Lara, is a Reiki master. And I was like, maybe Reiki's the thing. So I take a Reiki training with Lara and I'm sitting in a circle in Laura and David's house. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know, like this seems interesting. I knew not much about Reiki. And as we go around and do our introductions, hi, I'm Reagan, I'm a breathwork teacher. The person next to me is, hi, I'm Anne, I'm a postpartum doula. Hi, I'm Michelle, I'm a birth doula. Half the people in the room were doulas. And having, you know, the mindful seed in me, I said, I, I, I got the point. I don't need to meet another doula. I need to do doula training. And so I left that, I left Reiki, I did Reiki one and Reiki two. And from then I said, I'm going to do a doula training. I trained with this amazing woman in Sherman Oaks, Anna Paula Markle, who has been doing doula work for 20 plus years. And that was the thing that I felt put that sewed all of the, these different modalities that I had been exploring together. Um, because it is in that the, we've all been born. Many of us will have the opportunity to birth someone else. And that shared experience of coming into this world through the body of another person is something that is miraculous and beautiful and unparalleled in the sense of, of the excitement and the joy and the unknowingness that comes with it. And it's our shared experience as humans. And so to kind of explore that and to support families as they go through that transition was, um, I was really drawn to that. And so that's how I ended up um, becoming a doula and then within two years, I had my own daughter. She's now nine months old. She's so cute. Thank you. She's very sweet and very smart and very precocious. I don't know where she gets the precociousness from. <laughs> um, but it's, it was one of those, it's one of those things and, and you have children, it's just one of those things that's hard to describe and hard to put into words, but to be able to sit with a family as they're preparing and going through that process and to be, to offer, to offer non-judgmental support. That's another thing that, so a doula is a person who serves birthing families and can serve them postpartum as well and offers non-judgmental, non-medical support. So the answer to your question is no, I'm not birthing babies, but I am there to offer support to the birthing person as well as to the family and helping them navigate the experience and, and really self-advocate and self-empower is one of the things that I am a huge proponent of is encouraging them to self-advocate. 
So if you're, okay, let's say I hired you as a doula. Yes. What does that even mean? Because I honestly, I mean, like I've heard of doulas and I always thought that they were there holding your hand and saying kind words while you're giving birth. I have no idea. Right. Share with me like exactly what you do to support um, on a more of a tangible. Sure. So if you were hiring me to be your doula, uh -huh. my first question would be is, what type of birth experience do you think you want to have? What are you thinking? And you, you know, people can say anything, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I can't have a doula because I want to get all the drugs and I want an elective C-section and I want doulas support all types of birth, adoption, elective C-section, um, uh, loss, death, everything in terms of, it's not just birth, it's, it's the whole spectrum mm -hmm. of support. And so if you came to me and you said, I'm thinking that I want to have a hospital birth, mm -hmm. but I want to not have drugs or I do whatever it is that you want. My intention as a doula is to support you in that. And so, so would you come with me to the hospital? Like, would you, what would you do exactly? Yes. So leading up, it actually starts before you even get to the hospital. So leading uh -huh. up to that experience, it's a lot of information. It's, I went to the doctor today. They told me that I need to do this, that I have these options. And it's flooding you with information. Some moms, I had a client and she's like, too much information. I need like, you know, three pieces. I need three opinions. And so it's, it's pointing you in the direction of, okay, this is one school of thought. This is a second, this is a third. It's all about options and mm -hmm. allowing you to review your options and to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. And then encouraging you to have that conversation with your family and your partner, and then sharing that with your medical provider and then everybody being on the same page. And so leading up to your birth, it's a lot of that. Now that we're in the midst of a pandemic, the situation with additional support has been touch and go with a lot of hospitals. And so there's virtual support. We've been doing births over the phone, over Zoom. Um, a lot of my doula friends are, are on a computer screen in the room, if possible, kind of helping people go along. But what I have found now that I have a child of my own, being on call is, is being on call for other families is, is a challenge and, and something that I'm not doing right now. But I have found that, <clears throat> excuse me, that the, prep, the preparation, if someone is prepared, the less they need you in the moment. And I had a client a few days ago who was in labor. They told her she's ready to push. And she kicked everyone out of the room and said, I need to call Reagan. And it was, I mean, I was honored because she's also a friend that, that, that in that moment where they're like, everything you've been waiting for is about to happen. And she's like, no, I need to have this conversation with Reagan first. And I tell them what I tell them in breath work is everything you need is in here. I can remind you of who you are. I can remind you of how powerful and amazing and strong and prepared and capable you are, but I'm not giving you any of those things. You are, you are that without me. And that I think is the crux of my practice in general, whether it's breath work, Reiki, doula work, is that I feel that I am called to remind people of who they are, not to tell them or not to tell them that the way, you know, the way the path is through me, you know, the path, you're on the path. 
And I know nothing about your path other than what you've told me. And so in regards to doula work, it's just a lot of that. It's a lot of support, a lot of information. And yes, I will come to the hospital and, you know, give you support. Physical support is limited to non-medical. So there are a lot of things. I mean, there are a lot of things that there are a lot of organizations that have kind of designed themselves around helping people have the birth that they want, whether you have a baby that's breached, which means your baby is mm -hmm. upside down. Essentially. Um, I had that. You, you, did yeah, you do the turning thing? Did an inversion. I did it. Yes. It while the baby was inside. Yes. Yeah. Right before, yeah. Yeah. And now there's just like with yoga, you know, I, especially after having Ronnie, I'm sometimes like, I have a crick in my neck and I'm like, you know what I need? I need a yoga class. Like that's what I need. Uh -huh. Certain things that you can do stretches and movement that kind of encourage a baby to turn over. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I tell most clients is that no matter how many ultrasounds you get, the only person who really knows what's going on in there is your baby. <laughs> and sometimes you have, I've had clients who are like, I wanted an a vaginal birth and they end up having a surgical birth and they're disappointed about it. But then the baby comes out and they find out that the cord was short and that this baby never would have come out of the canal because they wouldn't have been able to get there. Right. And the, the, trusting the unknown and trusting that you're going to get out of this experience. It's all the same. It's the same jar, you know, it's the same, the message is the same. You're going to get out of this exactly what is intended for you. And you just need to trust the process, trust yourself. What does your intuition say? And then you have this amazing experience that, that if you do it right, parallels no other story you've ever heard. And that's why birth stories I think are so popular. Another thing as a kid, I used to watch this show called A Birth Story. Uh -huh. And it talked about a different story of someone's birth. And the fact that it could be a series of shows was my first entree into this is supposed to be different every time. I mean, that's what makes it exciting is that every time you're showing up for the birth of a human who does not exist on the world, in the world until this moment, of course that experience is gonna have its twists and turns and its own path. And, and even in surgical birth experiences, you know, in this country's C-sections and surgical births have become very popular, mm -hmm. but a lot of that is just, you know, medicine and, and how the medical field has evolved over time. But even those are getting, um, into a place where people are finding the nuances. I have a friend who's had three surgical births and everyone, she's like, they were all very different. And as are the children, they're very different. And that's the beginning of this child's story. Mm -hmm. And so it should be something that you let unfold in a way that, that may not have unfolded as expected or, or as planned. You're so right. I mean, now that I'm thinking of all three of my kids came out in different ways mm -hmm. and their birth stories were very different. Yeah. Um, it probably triggers, like when you look at them now and you think about that moment, you're probably like, of, of course, of course, that's the child that came that way. Right. So funny. Um, I'll tell you all about that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some good birth stories, but I love this so much. And of course, like, my brain always goes into the, oh my gosh, we should do this. We should do that. We should do this. But I really do feel like this came up for me while we were talking. 
you need to become the digital doula because sure. if I was like in an ER room and about to have a baby and you weren't allowed to be there, but yet I could press Reagan. Do you have anything like digital doula? Nothing that's pre-recorded. Um, just because I do believe that that birth is such a transformative individualized experience that it requires me to connect with the person, you know, and, and the other thing about being a doula is I'm not the doula for everyone. You know, there are certain people who I'm like, you know, who would be a great doula for you. I refer people out all the time. You would have been my greatest doula. I would, I think um, you would take me on as a client and I would definitely have hired you. Yeah. And I think we have a similar sensibility. I was, when I had Ronnie, I wanted to know all of the information. We ended up having a home birth wow. and I, but I went through OB care until I was 36 weeks because I wanted to know what the medical, like I, my type A personality needed right. to know that. But I also wanted, I mean, I am, it makes total sense with how, how this ended up because it's who I am, you know, but the woo-woo part of me wanted to be in my shower and, you know, just waiting to see and seeing how it unfolds with the midwives downstairs rushing up at the last minute. And that's, somewhat how it happened. Um, but I, I connect with families who, who want the information, but also at some point are willing to just let it go and, and see what happens a little bit. Um, and that's, that to me is life. I mean, that's what, when I am at my most effective, when I'm living my most effective life, it's, I have a plan that is very fluid. I have a plan, but I'm open to change. And that I think has been kind of what, what works for me. And it connects me with people who are like, I'd like to know all the information, but I'm okay if we have to make some shifts. Right, I love that. Do you know, I almost gave birth in the green room at the Today Show. I was about to go on the air and I, all of a sudden, I was in the dressing room. They have this like little green room. This woman, Debbie, was there who dresses everybody on the Today Show. And I, all of a sudden, felt this horrible pain. I had to get on all fours. I was practically mooing in her room. And she was like trying to help me. And then I had to go on. So I had to like suck it up and pretend. <laughs> you still went on. And I wasn't dying did the segment and then I came home and then I ended up having a baby the next day. We're kindred spirits. Cause when I was having contractions, have you ever been to Dr. Sandwich? This is an LA reference for those of you who are- No, uh, what is that? It is, it's an, is it, well, I can't talk. It's an Israeli sandwich shop. Here? In Beverly Hills on Olympic. And I was, passed my due date and we went to see this amazing OB. I was, went into midwifery care and then I had to go back to an OB so they could check because I was past my due date and was going to the OB. And on the way there, we passed Dr. Sandwich. And I was like, I forgot about this place. We're going to go to Dr. Sandwich. So I go to this appointment, which if you're past your due date and you have an OB appointment, they are not the most fun appointments to go to. So on the way back and I was like, go to Dr. Sandwich. And I get a falafel sandwich. It's amazing. It's really good. I'm going right after this call. Go. It's amazing. 
The sandwiches are huge. I mean, they're huge. And I usually eat half of them. And so I'm 41 weeks pregnant and I get the sandwich and I'm eating it. And I look down at my plate, my boyfriend is wrapping his up and he doesn't save anything. Like he's wrapping it and he's looking at me. And I was like, did I eat that whole sandwich? I ate the whole sandwich. So that night I go to sleep and I'm like, I shouldn't, I'm tossing and turning all night. I shouldn't have eaten that whole sandwich. What was I thinking? I shouldn't have eaten the whole sandwich. I'm like fighting the sandwich in my sleep. I wake up in the morning and I decide I need to go to Costco because today or tomorrow, the baby's probably going to come. I mean, I can't be pregnant forever. And I, like you at the Today Show, come downstairs and I'm like, I'm going to Costco. And I was like, I'm not dying. I said the exact word, like, I'm not, you know, I'm going to have a baby, but I can, I can have, in my mind, I can have a contraction and drive. And then my water broke as I walked out of the door, like as I was walking out of the door and then I was like, I guess I'm not going to make it to Costco today. So I didn't go on the air. My on air was Costco. I didn't make it. So Reagan, like, what is your dream for where you're going to take your business? I would say, or I wouldn't, I don't even want to say that again. Okay. So Reagan, what, if you could record any kind of meditation on the Unplug app, what would it be? Oh, wow. And I don't even know how I would do this, but I would love to record, I would love to create, I mean, I don't even know how I would create this, but I would love to create a meditation where people may be hearing my voice, but really feeling into their intuition that I think that the things that I say are words and sometimes people attach themselves to them, but I really want my, I guess I'm phrasing the answer in a way that my, my wish for everyone is that as they travel through the world, hearing my voice, hearing other leaders in the space's voice is that what they really start to do is hear themselves. And so if I could create and record a meditation that allowed other people to hear their own voice, that would be my dream. Okay, I'm writing that down because we're gonna have to do a Reagan inner voice meditation. I'm gonna book that with you. Okay, I like it. And maybe it's a series of questions. I feel like questions are a great way to get people thinking. You know, Mm -hmm. I started in, in, my unplugged live class asking people because you know connecting digitally and virtually has been an adjustment mm-hmm. but it's amazing and nick prattley said the same thing that it's amazing how i'm talking into a camera but i'm still feeling like all the feels and the giggles and the vibration it's like every time i teach i'm like that is wild it is a wild thing um but i found that through a series of questions i've started asking people in the beginning of class how they feel in this moment and at first I did it kind of as a, as a, not a filler of space, but just to kind of connect, like to get a sense of like, who, hello, who's there behind that, you know, person outline in your Zoom square. And people, you know, respond and through the words that were coming, what I realized is that we are so connected as humans that we're more connected than we give ourselves credit for because I may be feeling one way. And then when you type your word, I'm like, you know what? I felt anxious yesterday. And today 
I'm hopeful. And that without even take, you know, you don't wake up in the morning saying, I'm happy today. I felt like garbage yesterday, but today I'm happy. You just move on with your life and you go to the next emotion, but being able to kind of connect and be like, oh my gosh, I felt anxious yesterday and today I'm happy. That's a leap. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And also for the people who, you know, are happy and they're like, you know what? I'm enjoying this moment, but I know that right around the corner, maybe a little anxiety, maybe a little sadness, maybe a little despair, but we live in cycles. We go from one to the next. And I think that at least for me, meditation isn't about eradicating everything else and all of the lower vibration feelings and the shadow. It's about knowing that my life is a connection of all of it. And that in moments where I may not be feeling my best, that I have tools at my disposal where I know how to get there. It's kind of like a roadmap. I know I know I can recal I can recalculate the route. I love that. Okay, I'm writing all this down because we're gonna do it. I and I want to do it. I have to say my favorite things in meditation is when I ask myself questions and answer those questions and notice what comes up. Who am I when I'm my best self? Yeah. You know, what do I want? How can I serve? Yes. There's yes, there's chaos around me all the time, but inside of myself is like bliss. And how do I access that? So I have to say, like, I would love to do that with you. Yes. And you get to the eye of the storm, right? Like I think it's someone, I mean, I I have my own, I have a very wild imagination. So everyone I meet, I come up with this whole story. And you're one of those people that I just imagine. I don't remember what you used to do in your past life. You were a- I was um, the executive fashion editor at large, Glamour Magazine. Um, and I was basically doing makeovers every day on national television shows where I would take sometimes one person, sometimes 30 people and do their hair, makeup, cut color, outfits, photography, and put them in the magazine for the Glamour Do's and Don'ts section. Amazing. So my, that like kind of ties into my vision for you. So how I imagine Susie on any given day is that you are a whole bunch of pieces of paper, like tear sheets. Like if you take all these tear sheets, you're like, you, you're the, you're, you take all the tear sheets and they're going aboard. You are looking at the tear sheets and then you literally make it like a white back. Like you take out all of the noise and it's just like, boom, boom like the two, you know what I mean? Like it's everything simplified in a way. It's the eye of the storm. It's everything swirling around. And it's like, this is the focus. Boom, boom. Yes. Well, I love this quote and I talk about it all the time, every day. It was on um, Steve Jobs's wall at Apple. And it was basically a sign that said, simplify, simplify, simplify. And there were two slashes that crossed out the two simplifies. And he simplified, simplified. And I love that so much because we can all just simplify. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is. I mean, that's what when they make out the noise or, you know, even though breath work is a lot of noise, but it's, it's reverse psychology there because it's all of the noise to give your mind noise to focus on. And then in, in the midst of all the noise, it shut like everything, everything you came with is gone you know, you're, you're in the music and in the breath and, and in all of these things and everything else is just out the window. 
So I'm going to ask you a series of quick questions before we wrap it up. And you can just answer them with one word answers or a sentence. Okay. But let's just kind of go for it. Okay. Yeah, first one is, where were you born? Oakland. Where did you grow up? Hercules. When did you move to um, Los Angeles? 2003. Why did you move to Los Angeles? I got a job after college in casting. Are you still in casting? No. <laughs> did you ever want to be an actress? Ah, yes. Um, what was the first job you ever had? Noah's Bagels. <laughs> I worked at the first Noah's Bagels in Oakland. Wow. Yeah, the little Noah's Bagels used to be a mom and pop bagel shop. And it was down the street from my high school and I could take the bus there. And then my mom would pick me up when she left work and take me home after school. Is there a guy named Noah? Is that where that came from? You know, that's a good question. I think the original owner might've been Noah or like the grandfather or someone. Someone was named Noah, but I didn't know Noah. What is your one intention um, for your daughter. May she be blank. May she be self-empowered. What is your may she be for you? May she be self-empowered. <laughs> what is your may she be for the world? May we be self-aware and self-empowered. <laughs> And is there anything else that you would like to add to this talk that I didn't ask you? Any other questions? I think you covered it all. Um, if I could offer one piece of encouragement, I know a lot of people come to you and to unplug because they're on the hunt for something. And my advice would be to just try all the things. Try all the things, try all the teachers, try yoga and meditation and Reiki and massage and, and nature walks and just try it all until you come up with a program that, that works for you. My personal self-care plan involves so many things and so many different teachers and my one of the things I love about the Unplugged platform is it allows me to go from a breath work with Marlies to a mindfulness class with Megan to you know whatever it is that Nick Prattley is doing. Like it just try all the things and come up with a plan that works for you. I love that. Thank you so much.